0: Amen. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 25. I don't want to get off of chapter 9 of Hebrews. Uh, I'm debating whether not to or not, but I'm letting the Lord speak here for a minute. I believe we can tie all that in by going to chapter 25. Chapter 25 is where you find the tabernacle for the first time. and I'm on, we're going to talk about the Ark of the Covenant today and we're going to see how it pans out and how God wanted it but can I ask you do you remember from what we've already talked about in the past lesson where the Ark of the Covenant is in the tabernacle I'm not talking about where it's at now I'm talking about where where is the Ark of the Covenant that we've been talking about holiest of holy three compartments and that's why I've already wanted to go there to get to here you got the outer court that's where the Israelites camped about with twelve tribes they all had each side and those they camped around it that's the outer court and then the priest not the high priest but the priest went into the holy place for service now that's a repeat of a lesson But then the high priest, and we read that out of Hebrews, they went in once a year with with the blood. He had to have blood. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. That's also in Hebrews. We didn't read it. And uh, they have to have blood. There's no way of salvation for any soul, Old Testament, New Testament, without blood. They said, well, they had works and faith in the Old Testament they were saved by blood through faith Old Testament, every one of them now they saved, you think well they didn't have no no blood, yeah they did every lamb every animal they offered was typifying or pointing to the sacrifice that God had promised already to come which is in Genesis 3.15 Genesis three fifteen is the well actually well that's the first promise of the blood sacrifice, but the first demonstration of it is when God killed the innocent animals in Genesis, and put coats on them, and there's blood shed there. That's the first time you find blood shed. But then God says, "Your seed, you know, will bruise the heel of the Son of God." Or a, 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 I mean, talk to the woman and back and forth. And that's where the battle was. And Christ gave himself on the cross. And that's pointing to Calvary. But now, every time they offered a lamb, a goat, a bullock, whatever they offered, that was in reference to the blood shed already and for the blood that would be shed coming down the road that they couldn't see. Actually, they weren't looking for it. They were looking for a king and a kingdom. Yep. And the reason they refused him is because he come to die for them. And then there would be the kingdom. But they couldn't see that. So that's the reason they refused him when he came into Jerusalem riding on the donkey. They were looking for a king. Not a servant. Not a sacrifice. They were looking for and they weren't looking for a savior; they was looking for a king. That's why they refuse the New Testament and don't have it. That's why they're on the sideline today. God put them on the sideline. Now, I can give you scripture on a bit of that. I just want to get started in this thing, and I got enough maybe to tackle this. Chapter twenty-five. I'll show you how I study the Bible a lot. I study it in two ways, two means. I study it by Commas, periods, sections, and the punctuation of a verse. You've heard me tell that before. When you read the Bible, if you'll read it according to where the commas are, and the semicolons, and the colons, and the periods are, it'll help you to understand how that God is meaning it to you. But then another way I read the Word is to take it verse by verse and look at it in these phrases, and find out what, who, and why he's speaking, and who he's speaking to. Now, it said in verse number 1 of chapter 25, And the Lord spake unto Moses, comma, see? That's the main thrust of this verse. Seeing, Now, I know i got a footnote in my Bible here, and I don't follow footnotes. Because if I'm following the footnotes, I'm having to take what somebody else said about it. And get their opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh Yeah, we've had a few footnotes this morning. I said, What do you think, Brother Tony? Yeah. But that's uh, a footnote. <laughs> but I trust Brother Tony. All right. Now, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, So we know who's who's doing the talking, right? Right off the top of the head. You don't remember. When you read the rest of it, who God is... He's talking to Moses. And now, he's telling Moses... He's saying, here's what Moses is going to hear. Here's what God is telling Moses. Saying. And verse number 2, he says, Speak unto the children of Israel. Now, that's very plain. He's not saying, speak to the church. He's not saying, speak to the Gentiles. He's He's talking about the time that he's speaking to Moses... I want you to speak to the children of Israel. This is the Jews, the Jewish nation. We got that, hadn't we? Right. So, don't go out saying that he he misinformed me. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you there's applications to the tabernacle that's in our day, and I've made those applications to you already. And you'll have to agree it fits. God speaking the old. Somebody says I'm I'm a New Testament preacher. I don't preach out of the Old Testament. And none comes along and says, I preach out of the Old Testament, I don't preach out the New Testament. Well, you can't call yourself a New Testament preacher either. And I don't. I, I, I go back under the law. No, that's wrong. That law can't save you. It just shows you that you need to be. And uh, so you come along and say, well, I believe in law and grace. And I can give you scripture after scripture that law and grace don't work. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. Law, uh, Keeping the law is works. See? And we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. Old Testament, New Testament, regardless. So you see who he's speaking to. He's speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to the Jew. So now I'm reading and studying today something that's speaking. And here's what he says. That they bring me an offering. Now this is strange. I'm going to share some things about offerings this morning. Uh, and I'm not talking about tithe. And I'm uh, When they bring in offerings, you giving to God, it ain't just money. Uh-huh. Time, talent. That's right. Yeah, you got time, you got talents, you got materials. When you donate something to the church, you're giving that to the Lord. That's an offering.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're offering time... Uh, to sweep the yard, sweep the church, mop the floor—that's an offering. Yep. By the way, when you're doing things for God, you're not doing that to get the recognition. You're doing that to get, uh, not get glory for it, but to cause you love the Lord. Right. Right. You know why a wife uh, washes the old saints? I mean, a worship. I mean, worship washes her husband's. Underwear and socks and all that, greasy breeches. She loves him. You know why you put up with the trash the wife gives you? You love her. <laughs> you say well, women don't give men trash. Oh yeah, both sides is guilty. I wouldn't know which one you know is the worst or the best. That's Ain't that right, brother? Right. see what I'm saying? Preach
1: it, preach it. Love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now love covers a multitude of sins. You know why you 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 tolerate your kids are kicking everything around in the house and not picking? You know why you tolerate them, and you know why you love them so much when you when you when they're sick at night and you can't get no rest? And you'd like to kill them? You love them?
1: Can I have something? You much? sure can, brother. Footnote: My wife is not a passionate. Girl, she'll never come out and say, I love you, how lucky. but she shows it every day. Mm-hmm. That's right, and that's how everybody it. knows you. I'd rather see a testimony. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if I give a hundred dollars in the offering Sunday, hey, here's my oh, yeah. hundred, mm-hmm. I've done got you done money. got
0: your glory here. Yes, yeah, service. that's right. Yeah, that's good. You see what I'm saying. Uh, I tell you what, I'm I'm just so excited about this <laughs> this lesson today. It's just God put us on the right thing today, I believe. All right. So what he says here, speak unto the children of Israel. God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, you speak to the children of Israel, and here's what I want you to tell them. First, I want you to tell them that they need to bring me an offering. Oh, he didn't even say that they need to. He said that they bring it. Mm-hmm. You remember sometimes we read between the lines and that's just what I did there. Uh, he didn't tell them if they felt like it or if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. He said tell, tell them bring me an offering. That they bring me an offering. Now he tells them what the offering is. Now watch this. This is important. Of every man that giveth it willingly. Willingly. You can write a check to the church. You put it in there and say, oh boy. I was going to buy this with that. But I tell you, I I believe it's more worth it. You done lost your reward right there. You might well just went and bought that. I'm going
1: to get this off my taxes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to give this because I need to get it off my taxes. There you go. (laughs) You see what? God wants us to do everything we do willingly. Because Uh, we want to. Not because we think we have to. But because we want to it said with his heart ye, sh- ye shall take my offering so anytime you give in the Lord something Lord I'm going to spend uh, Tuesday going down there and putting them books together Lord bless it it's for you that's what you come in here for you understand preacher says oh tomorrow's a bad day I got to preach Th- uh, teach Sunday school and preach twice Lord it's going to be rough oh Lord I don't want to do it that way that's why I come in saying hallelujah couldn't wait to get here
1: <laughs>
0: now there has been a few times Tony that I've said a few times Lord if you'd send somebody in I'd get them to preach and take, let them have it Yeah. not, no, not often but I have done that I'm being honest
1: mm-hmm.
0: you say well I'm going to church today because I I don't want to, I don't want anybody saying where were you. Mm. Little bitty simple things in our life ruins us with the blessings of God. Mm. I want God to heap it up, run my bucket over, because it ain't running over. It ain't gonna help nobody else. Mm. <laughs> Mine's running over this morning. <laughs> Amen. And then he goes on. And he said, And this is the offering which ye shall take of them. And the first one's about about you right there. Gold! Now there's a reason why he had to have gold. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That stands for something. Gold and silver and brass. Now let me tell you of them three metals right there. They represent something in the Bible. Gold represents deity, divineness it's the top even in in heaven and on earth gold is one of the top Mm -hmm. we're going to walk on the street of gold and God doesn't set that up but you know people if I was going to ask you do you you want uh, gems or silver or gold which one you want which one you grab first gold Gold. Gold. why most precious worth more so he says gold and, and and God's not looking for the gold. He's want, uh, You say, well, why would He want gold? He owns everything. That's right. He could just say let the table be full of gold, and it'd be there. I believe that. He don't do that because that's not the characteristics of God. But He is able to do that. Yeah. Why does He want gold? I want them to give the best they got. Yeah. I don't want them to give me the leftovers. I want what they think is the most precious. Silver speaks of redemption. All through the Bible, it speaks of redemption. It used for other things. It wasn't too much of a redemption when well, when uh, Judas sold the Lord for thirty pieces of silver. That was his destruction. But I'm saying as general rule, silver is what they offered for you know in in the. To the for the redemption price, what they call redemption price, Christ is the redemption price, and then brass, where brass is mentioned in the Bible, it always talks about judgment. I give you scripture after scripture of that, but I'm not going to get into that today. And blue, why we want blue? Blue represents heavenly, and purple, purple is royalty, and scarlet is blood. And fine linen, which is righteousness. These are what's mentioned in the Bible. And then, then he goes on to some others that were less significant. He's asked them for goat's hair. Why would God want goat's hair? We'll study that when we get into this. And ram skins dyed red. And badger skins. And shatim wood. That's how you spell it uh, in the, in the Greek, it's shatim wood. It's also called acacia wood. Well, I'll explain a little bit of that in just a minute. He asked for, and he offered oil for the light. Spices for the anointing oil. And for sweet in- incense. He also asked for onyx stones. and Stones to be set in the ephod. You may not know what that is yet. We'll talk about it. And in the breastplate. And let them make me a... What's that? Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Now here's why. He's going to tell you why that he wants the tabernacle made. That I may dwell among them. Nowhere else in the Word up to now, 25th chapter of Exodus, have you found where God dwelled with man anywhere. He come down and talked to Adam in the cool of the day. He come down and talked to Abraham. Had he not? looking at all that but nowhere had God ever dwelled on the earth now he's wanting a tabernacle that he can meet the people he didn't dwell in their hearts he came down to them God dwells in our hearts now that's why we we're the temple of the Holy Ghost and uh, we're kings and priests, he's in us we're in him, sure but he's in us does this make us clear to understand the New Testament just a little bit better? Yes, sir. Now, we're in the Old Testament studying this stuff. We was in the New a while ago, but we was talking about Old Testament words. Any questions?
1: Yeah. What does purple
0: and scarlet blue stand for? <laughs> oh, all right. Purple. The blue stands in heaven. Anything heavenly. I purple is royalty. The amendment of Lazarus and the rich man, he fired in purple... Fine linen and scarlet, scarlet's blood. You think scarlet and fine linen? That's the righteousness of the saints. Our righteousness. And when God cleans us up, He whitens us out, washes old black heart, makes it white as snow. Righteousness. God loves righteousness. By the way, can I stress that again? God loves righteousness. What's righteousness? I always said, right living. Y'all know my my answer to that. Righteousness is right living. God loves you. You want to bless God and have a great life, just do right. And if you're saved, it'll even be better. All right. Now, the ram skins dyed red, and the badger skins and the shatim wood. Now, those are pretty. But let me tell you this. You know why it's hard to get people to come to church? <laughs> well, that's pretty good. They don't know God for one. That's another. But the reason is to the world. What's the church look like? Places spend some time, but I could be watching television. What's the church to them? It's a. Uh, it's I know, but I'm telling you, what's the world say about this? We're talking about what the world, lost people, and uh, people that. Well, I guess whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you're right. But they're on the outside and they're saying, well, I don't want to go to church. I've been going to church with people. They've been cussing all week and they go to church up there. I've heard them cuss all week and I don't want to go up here. I don't have no confidence in them. Then said, well, uh, I'd rather go see Grandma. She's more fun than the church is. And she's probably right because we don't know how to worship. Come on, amen me. Sometimes I want to get an amen every now and then. <laughs> That's right. We don't know how to do it. Uh, when I want to go to church, last time I went up, or one got on to me? Yeah. All they
1: want is my money.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there there you are. There. Yeah, yeah. That's right. When I want to go to church, all they want taking over get my money all that. That just ain't for the money. And <laughs> the bad thing is lots of times they are correct. Right. Yeah. yes sir,
1: yes
0: we give them a bad deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what people you know don't want to do and reason to, they look at the church to them just like it was with the tabernacle. How many has ever seen a picture of the tabernacle out in the wilderness just sitting there? Was it a beautiful thing? Not, what, really? not really. It had badger skins dried, dyed red, goats hair and all that. It looked like a big old tent with stakes up trying to hold it, to it and had a had a wall around the thing or a fence around it. Only had one entrance and he, uh, had the uh, the laver in the altar on the outside of it. That don't look too pretty. No. Have you seen some of the churches? Huh? There's
1: probably blood all strode around
0: it. Well, I, I think they but cleaned I that ever so often but I'm going to tell you, uh, I, it wasn't bloody like that. That that that's another thing. That's a good thing. Matter of fact, another study, but <laughs> all that stuff. How they done it? I mean, they didn't kill the animal the same way every time. Well, they killed it. So they didn't just go out and do like everybody. They'd take a shotgun. They didn't have all that. Boom. No, they had a special matter of fact. They're talking about putting up the third temple in in Israel, and they're practicing those those uh priests who they call priests now, I ain't figured out yet who who they are because I don't know where they really know who the Levite tribe is because they don't have no records I'm watching this just to see how they're going to find out who now they may tell you something about it but they' have got them I don't I don't know where they're qualified for it enough but they're they're practicing with these animals they're taking them animals up in their arms and they take them up to the altar and lay them down on the altar you use a lamb lamb ain't gonna fight that he's a living animal. And then they cut the throat, catch that blood. And that's a nasty job for the priest. Oh, so
1: they don't go out on the ground.
0: It's, they it's on, they the catch blood. the blood. They then, the, yeah, then they take that and they sprinkle that blood on all the pieces of the furniture mm-hmm. inside that tabernacle and then sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And that's where it's supposed to be acceptable. The Jews want to do that, but I will remind you I don't believe God wants that sacrifice again mm-hmm. because. His sacrifices himself, and he's already been offered once and for all. And I don't believe that's. Now, You're going to see it start happening. You're going to see that happening, but God's going to stop that. I believe He's going to stop that because He, the Jew, and he, His His whole idea in this thing for the wind up is. To prove to them Jews that he is the Messiah, he is the supreme sacrifice, he is their Christ, he is their Savior, and will be their King. Who's starting
1: it back? The Jews?
0: Yeah, the Jews. You see, they don't recognize Christ. They They say he was a good teacher. That's why they go to the Western Wall every day. You know what they're praying? Messiah come, Messiah come. We want the Messiah to come. When he comes, ever Jew, you have you ever heard a Jew say that except those who are saved? Uh, have you ever heard a Jew saying Christ was our, our sacrifice? No, they deny that. And the Lord says he's going to prove it to. Them. And so in the wind up of this thing down the road, I'm talking about reading the last of the book. You'll find out them Jews are going to say, "Where'd you get those scars in your hands?" He's going to say, in the house of my friends. They're going to recognize it. Do you remember the two boys? There's a picture of it in the book of Luke. Walking down the Emmaus road. Oh, I'm telling you, this is so exciting today to me. I, I wish this was, was a Sunday morning. I'm in the preaching mood. But I'm telling you, there's walking down the road and there's walking down with Jesus that had been resurrected from the dead. And they, they're sad and he's talking to them and they're saying something like this uh, we're sad he's been taken away from us and he's saying and he's getting all the story and so he finally comes to the end of it gets down there and he goes in the building with them to, to eat together and they see when he's feeding them the scars in his hands he's a type of what those Jews are going to do. They're going to open their eyes. Them two guys opened their eyes to who that was. You
1: just imagine
0: how they felt. Just think about it. Listen, this is in the future. I don't know how long down the road this is going to be, but one of these days, he's got, every one of those little Jews over there that are running for their lives, actually, they don't even understand the goodness that they're doing and the things that they're doing, and they're standing there to fight their own country, but they don't realize what they're fighting for. Mm-hmm. And what they're standing for, they're still looking for him. And go now, they do have some hope. They don't have it right, but they got some hope. They're, they're praying for the Messiah, or they're praying for uh, for him to come. He's going to come, but the next time, not to die, he'll come and be king, Lord of lords and King of kings, right? Right. And they're going to recognize them. Jews are going to embrace the Lord Christ they're going to say hey look we know them now it's prophesied all through the Old Testament that they're going to do that but they didn't see it, missed it they missed it with him being born as a sign of the virgin birth, they missed that matter of fact when he rose from the dead his own disciples didn't even look for his risen, they didn't even look go look at the tomb to see if it's empty yet the two women come back and said his grave's empty he said, well, absolutely, I'm telling you, people are missing that these days. They're not seeing that. Uh, like this fella this week said, Jesus, he didn't believe in Jesus. He said, that's something Catholic started. Well, he didn't have his own thing, but I'm telling you, people are missing it. And uh, it's an exciting time to live. Well, I got a little bit sidetracked, All right. but uh, we needed that.
1: Preacher, can we talk about something that just meant in verse 8? You know, you, you mentioned that, but. I, that, yeah, that yeah, I made I made the well.
0: I made the well, that means that live. The
1: well means like stay, doesn't
0: it? Stay. Mm-hmm. Live you, there.
1: You, you occupy.
0: Occupy. Place. Yeah. Habitat. Like you know, Habitation.
1: That's the first time mm-hmm. that the Lord. He had
0: it in a perfect environment in the garden.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's where he wanted it.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, threw that away. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that he's going to be able to walk among men again. Right here. And he did. But it wasn't in the full state of where it's going to be because he come through the high priest and the holiest of holies where everybody couldn't get in there. But they could see the fire over the top in the pillar of fire yeah. they see the cloud by day and when that cloud and fire was there they knowed he was there on the earth with them they couldn't see him because the bible said uh, no man has ever seen God right. no man seen right. God the only begotten son he hath what's the next one
1: declared,
0: declared
1: him and I think a lot of people today preacher. They think God dwells in heaven. Yeah, But actually... He Many lives. of the
0: saints of God don't realize that. That's right. So-called. They may not know. I, I, I have a problem with this. I have a hard problem thinking that people can't see the Holy Ghost, as big as He is and great as He is, as strong as He is and powerful as He is and as good as He is and as sweet as He is and holy as He is, not dwelling in you. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they think He's out there in space somewhere.
0: I tell you right now I know he dwells in me amen,
1: brother. Amen.
0: I think sometimes he has to take a back row seat because he don't like a company but I'm going to tell you all the other times he blesses me <laughs> he's blessing me today amen, he got out in the front room with me today <laughs> God well all of us God's here amen. God's here today right? yes, and you can feel And you, if you can't feel his presence today I'm worried for you
1: yeah
0: mm. amen so, you know I'm saying it's, it, it's good you can tell where God is? Yes. Yeah, Isaiah
1: said Isaiah prophesied that Emmanuel, the God among us. Yep, that's Edward. right. Well,
0: yeah, he said, "Yes, where you're going to be uh, God with you, yes. God with yeah, God yeah. with." You. Yeah. And Jesus even preached. He said, "I'm uh, I'm going to go away, but if I go away, I'll send you the Comforter. If I don't go, the Comforter won't come." And uh, we got the Comforter. This is the Comforter's dwelling in us. Christ is dwelling in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. and his word his word dwells in us too by amen. what motivates me the word of God and the spirit of God them two things keeps me going gets me up in the morning puts me to bed night. amen <laughs> praise is it good?
1: amen
0: anything else you want to say right no, there before I'm, we move on I'm, down
1: I'm, I'm, I'm oh
0: let's go down uh, on down to verse number uh, let me go back and look at some I hadn't even looked at it let me just mention this You can say that the tabernacle is a portable temple, actually. You may describe it that way. The Bible don't necessarily say it that way, but it it is. It's a portable sanctuary. It does call it a sanctuary, but it's a portable. The reason I say portable is they picked it up, and it's uh, it's a type of God dwelling with the people. That's what the tabernacle was. We don't have a tabernacle dwelling with us now. We have the person of the tabernacle. Well, and so it's it's a portable temple, it's a portable sanctuary. The word tabernacle is mentioned two hundred and ninety or in and ninety seven verses. Now that don't help your spiritual knowledge; it just gives you some physical knowledge, you know, to let you know. Important. If something's mentioned two hundred in two hundred ninety seven verses in the Bible, it must be of importance. Yeah. If God's right. going to mention that, yeah. right? Uh, 277 of that 297 is mentioned in the Old Testament and only 20 of them are mentioned in the New Testament so you see which one is more important to it's important to the Old Testament which is primarily to the Jews so we're studying the tabernacle and we're studying something today here that is uh, totally to the Jew right but you'd think, well, we'll study this about the Jews. That ain't no good to us. But isn't it significant? Can you see? This has already, I suppose, or hope it has, helped us about our worship. God don't don't want to just take up space in our life. He wants our life. He is our life. In Him we move and live and have our being. Is it hard to comprehend that? Yes, it is. But, don't it make it easier when we study it like this? Amen. today? He wants... He wants to control my left hand he wants to control my right hand he wants to control my brain he wants to control my right foot my left foot he wants to control everything there is about me my thought pattern he wants to have every he wants to be in he wants to have complete control of me you said I don't like nobody have control of me that's the problem with most Christians and we all get that way yeah just be honest sitting here I'm as saved as I know I'll ever be saved and right now I'm fired up amen just waiting on the Lord to put another stick of wood on the fire but I'm telling you I'm saying this there's some times that I don't feel like I feel now but the Lord's still with me
1: Amen. That's
0: right. and it's cause it ain't because he got tired of me it's because I have backed off a little on him some days you think more of the Lord than you do another day. One hour you may think more of the Lord than you do the next hour. And therefore, we have to do whatever we have to do. If it's grab the Bible, read it, study it, pray, whatever we got to pray Praying is one of the key things that'll keep you close to God. And that's one of the hardest things for all of us to do. And that's one of the things that we'll leave off first. You cannot get out of you cannot get out of the presence of God if you're studying the Word and praying with all your heart. Amen.
1: God,
0: I tell you what, I you know I've been doing, and I and I, I got others, I, I got some, and I don't push it a whole lot because it takes a lot of my time. But I I agree on something, and if I'm talking to somebody and say I want you to pray for my cousin, or I want you to pray. Help me pray for a job. Uh, a little simple things. And I say, well, do you, you think you need that job? He said, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You think uh, you'd do good for that? Do you think it, not, that job will glorify God? Yep, yeah, I do, preacher. Then let's set a time, and I'll pray with you. And uh, I do it either through the telephone, or I do it through texting. And I'll say, All right. What's a good time for you every day? We're going to do this every day at the same time. And I'm going to agree with you. You're going to agree with me. And we're going to touch the throne of God and ask it to be done. He said, if any two, you know, touch any one thing, it'd be done. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, let's pray 6.30 tomorrow. Well, I'll look at my schedule and I'll say, look, 6.30, I can do that every day except Sunday night, Wednesday night. So you're either going to, have to get later or earlier, or either we're going to have to skip them two days and on Sunday we do it at a certain time and Wednesday we'll do it at a certain time. And if I've got a, something I'm already doing, I just have to change it completely. And I've, I've got three or four right now that I'm doing that with, different things, different things. Maybe sickness, might be somebody's soul we're praying over. It may be for the church. It may be for some other, and I, so I write them down because I I can't, as many sometimes I get, I don't get, I can't remember them. So my phone lets me know, and it, you know, and sometimes I get up early. Sometimes I can't pray but 5 o'clock or something like that, and I say, okay, I get up at 5 o'clock, and I'll text them and say, you ready to pray? They'll say, ready. I say, okay, and right there, when I close that out, I pray. And I've been, i said it at 10 minutes, but if we won't pray longer. And I pray 10 minutes, nothing in the world but for that one little thing that I'm agreed on with them. They may have other needs. If they do, they have to tell me what they are and we'll pray not on that because we done agreed to that. We have to pray it another time.
1: Yeah.
0: And I've noticed it's increased my prayer life and it's increased others people's prayer life at the same time. Now, you've got to do something to get your prayer life intact Amen. one of the hardest things for me to do is pray I pray a lot and not bragging but I'm going to tell you something i got an incentive to keep me and I've got to do that most of the time people pray when they get a burden
1: Yeah.
0: and they'll pray for that burden and when it gets gone it. or today uh, a burden you have today tomorrow you might say why was I so concerned about that that's something God will take care of and you won't yeah. pray the second day
1: yeah you're right. How many of you
0: have been praying for cousins and aunts and uncles? You've had them on your prayer list for 25 years or so. Well, oh, how to them 25 years? Have you prayed for them every day? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I'm getting down to some practical things that this tabernacle is teaching us. These people, these men, these priests, they did these, these things every single day. All right? So it's uh, portable. It's how many times it's mentioned. It means a dwelling place or a habitation. That's what Brother Tony brought up a while ago. Exodus has 40 chapters, of which 15 chapters describe it. Almost half of Exodus describes it. So that means God is saying this tabernacle is very important. Hebrews uses the tabernacle more than any other New Testament book. Mainly in the chapters eight, nine, at one time in the book of the uh, thirteenth chapter, thirteenth chapter of Hebrews. So we want to get to the purpose of the tabernacle. What was the purpose? We didn't really mention some of it for a dwelling place uh, to meet the people of God. That's verse eight. We just seen that a while ago. It's also to instruct the people the use of a sacrifice and the importance and necessity for their redemption. Every time they offer an animal, they're offering that animal for their redemption. I don't understand where they got all crossed up to thinking they were looking for a king. You see, the scripture that comes out, and, and he is going to be their king. He told them he's going to be their king. He said he was going to sit on his father David's throne. David was a Greatest king of Israel. They'll classify him that today. The greatest people of, of Israel, or the Israelites was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, and Elijah, and those. Those are the top-notch leaders. Some of his prophets. One was a king, and uh, Abraham was a patriarch. He was, he was before the law, by the way. I said, why don't you go back to Abraham? We're not under the law. I said, Abraham wasn't either. The law didn't show up to the 20th chapter of Exodus. When God was on the mountain, or when Ab- uh, Moses was on the mountain, getting the, tw- the Ten Commandments. Right? All right. Anybody want to argue with anything there? Mm-hmm. we just keep trucking. Give me a little sip here. Alright. The third thing it was given for is to give a pattern of the tabernacle and a pattern is the similitude or the figure of or the type or meaning of something. That's what that is. He wanted to give us that as a type and he has and we see what it's type of. It's a type of the work and service and getting in the holiest of holies with God. The next thing is to give the pattern of all look at it, see what it says here in verse 9. According to all that I show thee, see? And why is he giving it to us? After the pattern of the tabernacle. He gives us the pattern of it. It couldn't be built out of the scrap. It had to be built with the right materials. It had to be built the correct way. God put a form and a fashion to every bit of it. They couldn't just go out there and nail two boards together and call that an altar. And it, then it says... After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments. They had instruments in that tabernacle. Lots of them. Matter of fact, they had all kinds of pots and uh, skillets. I don't say skillets, I didn't say skillets in the Bible. But all kinds of spoons and things that they did with. That they did. Seething hooks and all that that they pulled the meat out of the, out of the bucket or the utensil that they cooked it in. For the priest to eat. And you see out there in in this whole thing how God took care of the man of God. I believe that the tabernacle teaches how people are to do with the preacher. They are to take care of the preacher. Now we're living in a day where people don't think of that and I've I've worked in churches. I've pastored churches that I had to work on a public job and where the the people took care of me. I've worked in both of those. And I can tell you it's easier to work one that you don't have to work a public job and you spend all your time studying. But now, there's a lot of preachers don't do that. They will they run a side job. They're more interested in money. I know a lot of preachers right now are waiting on retirement to go full time. Working with the post office, then they're going to get their retirement years in. I know some has done that. Used to be a lot of them I know worked at General Motors and when they got their years in retired from General Motors and then went full time for the church. But they had a pension from General Motors. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that right?
0: No, I don't like that. Put God first. Amen. 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 I've had churches I've had to work a public job and and pastor too because the church wasn't able to do it. And some of them didn't believe in doing that. And so I set the pattern from the word. I don't set it, but God sets the pattern for me that I set uh, in the Word of God. I believe the man of God. Uh, the Bible tells that He told the disciples, "said Don't go out and ask for this and that." No. He said, uh, "You know, if somebody asks you for a, a coat, give him uh, two of them. You know, give them." That's what He said. You're to depend on God. The Old Testament saints. Well, look at Paul. Paul had to build tents, so I know what that is. But Paul appreciated them at, at other churches, supported him while he was out there working. And Paul would have told you if you're sitting here today that it's easier for you not to have to work on a public job and to be able to feed them. But the thing is, you took job away from some of these people. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't study anyhow. But study is something I love. I love it. I get up in the morning and get started on that and I let everything else go. There's things I'm, I need to do. I even say, mm, I'm going to have to go today. Uh, Dean wanted to go the other day and he's calling me up and said." And I said, I didn't even know it was getting close to lunch. Mm-hmm. Remember me telling you that? I didn't. I didn't know it was lunchtime. Amen. It takes my appetite away. If I stayed in the Bible, I wouldn't be as fat as I am, I guess, but I tell you, I enjoy it. So he said, the pattern of the instruments there are, off, even so shall you make it. Now, God wanted that. He wanted that made. Now, we're going to get into it. And this is one piece of furniture. And we're going to deal with verse number 10 down through verse 22. And uh, that's all we're going to be able to get to if we get into that. Now, we notice where it's at. It's in, and I asked you this while I go, you told me where it was. It's in the holiest of all. And it's called in verse number 10, And they shall make an ark. Now, that's not... You remember Wednesday night I preached on the three arks in the Bible? Mm-hmm. The Ark of Noah. Uh, you had the Ark of Moses. The Ark of Noah was made out of what kind of wood? Gopher wood. Uh, Moses' Ark was made out of the bulrushes. Mm-hmm. And it's pitched within and without, took care of, waterproof. And now we got the Ark, the, the tabernacle, and the Ark here. Is it's made out of shittim wood or shittim wood, as he says here, or acacia wood. You look that up, and you'll find that, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, and give you some of that, huh? Time. About time. All right, we'll well. Let me just give you one more two thing or two here, and then we'll take it for a break. And it said, "And they shall make an ark of shittim wood, and here's the size. You got to build it just like God wants it built. Suppose uh, Moses had said." I think if we cut off one quarter of a cubit, uh, that'll save and we'll be able to have enough material. It wouldn't have worked. No.
1: No.
0: So what are you done? He said, I want to uh, make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length. Two and a half cubits long. I got it wrote down here in, uh, in uh, my notes, and we'll look at that in just a minute. And I pray that the Lord will kind of fix us all out with that. I, got to, I better turn the page on my notes. I'm done Hit of them. And uh, it said, and, the, and a cubit and a half is the breadth. That's how wide it's going to be. And a cubit and a half the height, though. Now, it had to be. It's this long, this wide, and this high, you know. That's what he said. And we'll give you the dimensions of that in just a minute. And uh, you can see it. God wants no substitute in His work. We we can't preach part grace and part law. It's got to be all grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. You can't saying what you got to do is keep the law. That's works. Can't do it, and uh, it won't work. You got to do it just like God says. He's got the order. So I'm going to stop right there and give you a little break and uh, finish this up. This thing's a passing off fast, and I'll try to get you out of here. But anyhow, I want you to see these things. Already been a blessing, hasn't it? Amen. All right, let's stop right there for a minute.